Hello, and welcome to a new year and a new episode, episode 22. My name is Ross. And I'm Craig. Time to put the kettle on, because it's tea time. Did I do that right? Mm. No, no I didn't actually. It's episode 23. Good start to the year. What's, what's that? What's that you got there, Craig? Oh, this is a, a nice little mug. Oh, it's, it's got the logo. Um, it's beautiful. You got Grace Lee gifted me. Oh. Um, I haven't returned the favour yet because yeah, I'm, I'm clearly a bad friend. <laughs> Speaking of gifts, though, I've got one too. It wasn't from you on my point out, but uh, I, have a, I have a new decorative picture that was taken from one of our little act exercises uh, when we did our three-peak challenge. Uh, and that was courtesy of uh, Jake, your brother, I believe, um, who took the photo. And a beautiful photo it is too. So thank you, Jake. And thank you to my sister, who actually put it on a canvas. So, um, <laughs> well, it's been an interesting couple of months. Um, uh, it feels like, it does feel like a very long time since we last did a tea time. But, um, and it feels like lots have happened. And as we speak, um, like we've got what's the what's the big news in today? Just to give people a, a, a line of the sound of where we are today, it's probably the um, uh, uh, the Trump impeachment part two, isn't it? I believe what's happening right now, isn't it? Uh, that's, I mean, that's kind of that's what they're trying to do, I suppose. I think maybe our last tea time or one before last was talking about the election, and uh, that's obviously been an absolute mess since. Oh yeah, and the whole rioting. That's just a mess too. Yeah, but, but um, I, I think by by the time this goes live, we may or may not know whether or not he's being in, he is going to be impeached. I believe that vote's happening tonight. Mm-hmm. Something, something's happening tonight anyway. So that's where we are. Well, in the current yeah, and, and to think he's he's getting impeached on his last week of office. I mean, that's brilliant, isn't it? oh. Sit on your hands, man. What are you doing? I think the um, uh, the Americans get very uh, it, amused by how, or amused by the wrong word, about how, of how the rest of the world perceives Trump and, and America at the moment. Um, so in case it wasn't clear, uh, we think you're a joke. <laughs> well, not America, Trump. We think he's an absolute nothing. <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't think I'd clarify that. But... Uh... Yeah, we were talking about them now last time that the idea of being a lame duck is all he needed to be. And we were thinking that he probably wouldn't do that. And I think we were correct that he didn't do that. I don't think I had in mind he would incite a riot onto the (laughs) Capitol. I mean, that's stuff, isn't it? No, no. But anyway, back to this country. uh, In a time when... Yeah, UK stuff. Uh, I've only got a few pieces of news because I decided to only use the news that was actually relevant this week than going back to last month and grabbing stuff over Christmas, etc. I didn't think that'd be fair. So uh, I only have two pieces of news, which is good because I have a ch- chunky bit of content I want to share today. So my first piece of news is uh, Scottish trainiacs, which I didn't know was a word, uh, to convert an old locomotive 
to hydrogen power. So a trainiac is a brainiac with trains. Let's just clarify that part first. I assume, I assume, I assume right. so, yes. So clever train people have converted a, a what train? Oh, they haven't done it yet. They're, they're looking to. I thought they were looking to that years ago. Oh, okay, in Scotland. That's the first time it's happening in Scotland, is it? Yes. Right. Um, yeah, so the, art, the article is basically saying how our fuel cell experts in Scotland are going to try converting when the old trains. So as you know, as you know, the Britain, we've got a bunch of old diesel trains that's probably dying in some shed somewhere. And they are going to convert it to hydrogen. Yeah. Um, which is interesting, considering that Scotland probably has now the most wind turbines and everything else in its power. Uh, electrification, I would assume, would be a better option, but I assume hydrogen is easier because there's no infrastructure requirements. Yeah, I think um, we keep saying we'll do an episode on it. I think 2021 is going to be the year uh, that I don't know. I don't know whether every the general public will know about it, but I think it's the year that, uh, like, like 2020 was the year that um, electrification, electric cars got to the point of becoming um, public knowledge, as it were. Um, I think 2021 will be the the same similar sort of year for hydrogen, because in the background there are utility companies and oil and gas companies going nuts to be the first one to sort of bring hydrogen to some sort of new level so that it desperately can survive. So then we'll get more in this year, I think. Yes, we should definitely do an episode. Um, so these trainiacs are basically looking to complete this train by November. So as I said, they haven't done it yet, they are doing it. And Scotland's Transport Secretary, Michael Matheson, said our rail decarbonisation action plan sets out to make passenger railways emission-free by 2035. And obviously, this is a big jump towards doing that. So if they can convert this train safely, cheaply, there's absolutely zero reason why they can't do the same to all the old trains. Yeah. Get them back on the track, pumping out water, basically. Yeah. So they are going to finish it by November, mainly because Glasgow is holding uh, the COP26 climate conference this November. So that's uh, the UN's global initiative to basically discuss the climate and why we're all killing it. So that will be a good thing for Glasgow to do and Scotland as a whole, who are hosting it. So that'll be very interesting to see if they uh, do that to run time. And yeah, sounds good for Scotland. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, my piece of news is a bit of conjecture. Um, it's Apple's self-driving car plans that could change the entire company. So it's not it's not UK based, but I thought it was interesting. But whose plans? Apple. Oh 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 this oh okay yes. I, I thought it was worth uh, discussing just because it's interesting. Um, and to be completely upfront, Apple has not confirmed anything. However, there's a lot of leaks. There's strong suspicion that they are entering the self-driving electric car market. And a leak is also suggesting it's going to be as early as 2024. So three years. 
Yes. Um, so uh, the guy I, that um, I listen to a lot called Galley, who's a Tesla fanboy, basically, um, but also a stock, stock investor, uh, he has said to his um, audience that or his community that he has seen the battery that they have made. Um, mm. And it looks, and I quote, dope. Okay. Word he used. So he's, you know, he's got some insider sort of people now. So um, if he says if he says that, I I believe him. So that yes, I believe they probably have something in the works. Whether or not that's going to become a car, I don't know. They've been speculated to be matched up with just about everybody at some point. There was like the Apple and Lucid combination at one point, but that doesn't. That's there's a there's a slight issue there with funding because it's at least supported by Saudi Arabia. I think the newest one is whether they would team up with Hyundai. Mm. Hyundai also being the new owner of um, Boston Dynamics, the robot company. Yeah. Um, which uh, have recently done that video, which I, you sent me. I've already seen it, but we can always put a little clip in maybe for those that it's quite fun. Um, for watching the little bit, the robots dance, but that's. Owned by Hyundai, so they're clearly cars and robots is their thing. Could they work with Apple? That's the new conjecture on that one yeah i, I don't get uh, hyundai's move in that part i assume i mean honda did it what was that other one azimo or whatever that little white thing they had running about a couple of years back Can't actually probably a, probably like a dec a decade ago <clears throat> yeah but then you know i can't remember it yesterday so yeah yeah i can't remember his name azimo or something cute little white thing they look like an astronaut um but yeah, the dancing robots of Boston Dynamics, mm. absolutely terrifying to me. But each their own. Uh, I think well, I think they're amazing. Um, uh, I thought they were more terrifying when they were run by diesel thingies. I don't know if you ever saw that, but the, the previous version, the, the dog that they called is called Spot, I think. Um, and the previous one was a, as a diesel oh. one. And, and if you heard, if you had the video of watching that one run around, that was yeah. terrifying. Whereas this thing is a battery operated thing, it looks far, far less upsetting. Yeah. 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 I, I remember the one where it was diesel powered and the guy was kicking it. And it's like, yeah. Okay. Actually, the scariest part about that dog is the is the little thing that comes up. Because you can just see that being like, you know, like a tripod gun, you know. That part's terrifying. see um so on the, on the short of it do you think tesla should be worried of apple entering the game since apple are sitting on some some in the region of a trillion dollars in cash um i don't think tesla because i don't because i don't believe tesla's mission is to you know try and dominate the entire planet's 
use of cars i i think they would think that generally believe that's a good thing because they all they really care about is transitioning so i don't think they'll care i yeah. mean they have been trying to help other manufacturers move across um telling them what they need to do and they've just been ignored so if, if apple's doing it then i'm sure they'll be quite happy with that but yes i'm sure the investors of tesla might not be quite so keen because it's apple they've got all the money in the world uh, if they want to do something they probably can yeah it's odd that they would try and do themselves as well considering that they've used other suppliers for other things obviously like samsung builds the iphone that, that type of stuff yeah so that's the difference between they, apple are, they aren't known for that yeah tesla build everything themselves apple tend to farm it all out to china usually yeah so if, if tesla want to sell batteries to apple that could be a good market perhaps who knows but that's all the news I have. What have you got? Well, uh, I've got some which were so depressing that I decided to create a new section. Um, and I'm okay. calling that section uh, funny if it wasn't mostly true. Show some sort of like <clears throat> funny if it wasn't almost true sort of caption thing. If only we had a budget. Um, yeah. So, first one. Samples taken from Ar the Arctic Sea believed to be predominantly influenced by Atlantic waters and therefore European pollutants find small fibres associated with clothing. Washing our clothes globally appears to have polluted the planet from the North Pole to the bottom of the Mariana Trench to the top of Mount Everest. Eco-warrior naturalists are calling for widespread nudity to save the planet. <laughs> In other news, Earth and Earth's oceans are storing more heat than ever before, enough heat actually to boil 1.3 billion kettles. In 2020, the world's oceans may have stored up to 20 sextillion more joules of heat energy than in 2019, which is an unfortunate way to hear the word sextillion for the first time. Be sure to book your geothermal spa weekend anywhere on the planet so that you too can relax and enjoy the end of the world. And finally, scientists warn of impending insect apocalypse. The analyst finds that populations are decreasing by as much as one or 2% a year, or put another way, as much as 20% since 2010, which is around the same time that the UN was suggesting that we should all eat insects. But it's not all bad. While some bugs are on the decline in Great Britain, we're seeing an expansion in range and population size of moths, which could actually be rather helpful mm. as we're apparently going to need someone to dispose of all those clothes. That's some good news. That's my little roundup. Basically impending doom. Mm. Literally the news today was scattered with, oh my goodness me, Everything's much worse than we thought. So what's going to happen, my prediction for 2021, is we're going to get over the coronavirus and then we're going to realise how screwed we are globally for a different reason. Like, well, we know, yeah, I mean, we know there's a problem, but then things are going to get to start becoming blindingly obvious, I think. So that's, that's fun. Yeah. I mean, you can only have a laugh for so long. Yeah, I mean, get naked, go to your local sea, bring a tea bag as well. 
Uh, enjoy yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the, the moths. You know, economy is going to get destroyed. You may as well buy Bitcoin, probably. Who knows? Very nice segue. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll, I'll start. Thank you. Um, it's a new year, and the Pogo Stick Champ is back. Um, and by that, I mean Bitcoin, which I'm sure everybody has heard of. And it's just scary for the outside perspective because it's very confusing of how it actually all works. So, I just want to give a quick chat over um, Bitcoin blockchain, cryptocurrencies, a lot, really. I think it's all kind of intertwined. So Bitcoin itself has been on a steady rise during the pandemic. Um, and it actually reached its peak of its all-time high last week, uh, January the 8th. And its peak was, do you know? I think you do. I think I know in, in sterling, it would be about 30,000 or something, 32,000 about. Uh, just under 31,000, yeah. So 30,700 pounds, basically, per Bitcoin, which is insane, considering in February, it was 3,000 pounds per Bitcoin. So a factor of 10 in under a year. Wow. Um, as, as Bitcoin goes, it kind of does roller coaster, which is why it's, it's all very good in the ping pong, on the pogo stick, rather. Uh, things have gone down since. It dropped back down to 20,000 and it's currently back up to 25,000 all within the space of a week. Yep. But that's, that's Bitcoin. So what I wanted to do is basically how, how better to start 2021's tea time chats than chatting over the massively very confusing revolution that is the cryptocurrencies. All right. So I think it's one of those things that we all, yeah, it's all worth knowing a bit more about. So the blockchain, I'll start with the blockchain because that, in my opinion, is probably the, the biggest thing. Um, and all credit goes to the infamous genius, uh, only known as Satoshi Nakamoto. Which I still can't pronounce. Or Nakamoto, rather. Neither can you. Satoshi Nakamoto. Got it. I can't. Uh, we could chat a little about him or her or they, whatever, later. But uh, they invented the blockchain, Bitcoin, and the original concept of the digital ledger. Uh, the whole concept of the digital ledger is what effectively started this whole cryptocurrency thing in 2008. And I would make the argument, and so would other people, that the digital ledger is the biggest idea since the internet itself. Okay. So I'll explain a bit more how blockchain works. So to understand uh, and understand its genius, think of a network of blocks or a line connected blocks, and they are connected by their relationship. So they're kind of built on top of each other, like Lego. It's all stacked up, mm -hmm. except each block is aware of its blocks underneath itself. So they're all connected and they all reference each other. In terms of crypto, that relationship that holds them together is a transaction between two parties. Uh, blocks on the network validate that transaction 
um, by using a hash made of all the blocks in the network. So that's why it's the full chain. It has to use them all. And effectively, that validation happens because uh, it knows where it's come from, it knows where it's going, and nothing can really be duplicated. It is always in the blockchain. And that's how it knows how we can validate. The idea then is that the hash you put together is the collection of all the blocks underneath and a new block is created on top and it just keeps on building that tower of Lego statues. But it is all public as well. So you can see every transaction has ever happened. However, you will also notice that the two parties in the transaction are entirely anonymous. There's no identifiable information of the two parties besides a wallet um, hash. So there's two wallet hashes which have done a transaction hash, which have then all hashed together in all the blocks. And that itself is a mathematical problem. That mathematical problem is what miners compete on to solve and we'll cover mining in a little bit. So the reason why this sort of technology hasn't been invented before and what kind of makes Nakamoto a genius is that he solved two problems. One is called the double spend problem and the other is called the Byzantine generals problem. So the double spend, that's if I buy a bike of you for £10 in cash. So I give you a £10 note, you give me a bike. That £10 note, I can't then spend again because I've given it to you. However, you can go off and spend that and do whatever you want. I can't then go down the street and buy a sandwich because that £10 note is gone. Mm -hmm. So physical money doesn't have a double spend problem. However, digital money does because you need to validate that A, I have that money in the first place, and B, I am just duplicated that somehow, sent 10 pounds to you, taking the bike, and then also use that same money to go buy a sandwich or whatever. Okay. The idea of double spend is, is the reason why digital currencies haven't worked in the past. They're so difficult to validate. And as you mentioned, blockchain, blockchain does that validation flawlessly because all the blocks on top of each other it can't possibly be incorrect. Otherwise, the validation would simply fail. Yeah. Which eliminates all the middlemen and third parties. For the Byzantine generals problem, and I'll read a bit of Nakamoto's original email in a second, which describes it a bit better. But think of this as a mathematical challenge. The actual problem itself has been unsolved for decades by mathematicians. Uh, programmers and cryptographers and the idea is that you need a systematic way of a group of generals to decide when to attack without the emperor knowing it's quite a difficult problem when you think about it Power to them attack at the same time. Does that make sense? No. Yeah, sorry, that's probably my uh my explanation. 
there'll be plenty of links please read up um but the main benefit of this is um with that happening the people who produce the transaction um don't need middlemen they don't need uh financial institutions banks intermediaries anything of that nature um especially you don't need conversion fees or commission-based services big one they need to go ahead and validate yes they don't need anyone to validate that transactional record it's done for them effectively so um it's also entirely borderless it's safe and it can be sent anywhere to anyone anytime and it takes roughly 10 minutes i'll explain why 10 minutes again with the mining a bit later but to give an example of what currently exists in the world today, uh, Western Union, have you heard of them? Uh -huh. um, they apparently take a 10 to 15% commission from Africans in the US who send money to their families back in Africa. Right. And that then obviously physically would need someone in Africa to walk to their local Western Union place, collect the money, etc. That just takes a long time. And that would end if those people were to send Bitcoin instead. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone would like to see that end. And it would be, you know, on here. Yeah, in 10 minutes, anyway. So outside of currencies, uh, blockchain technology can be used in a massive variety of areas like contracts, um, deals, medical records, and elections. So elections is probably the biggest one that people have been discussing how this works. Because yeah. again, if I vote for this, that's basically a transaction. And then another vote goes on top of me, another one on top, another one on top, another one on top, and all are referenced to what's underneath. Yeah. So you can't, can't avoid a fraud. It is all on top of each other. Um, and they all get rid of the middlemen. So there's no one in the middle, two fiddle things really. It was all what we do. So we vote, we, yeah. Keeps it relatively safe. And this technology is completely open source too, which is a really cool thing about it. It's out there for anyone to play with, anyone uh, to attack effectively, see if they can break it, see if they can fix it, and anything to do with that. So that's pretty cool. The efficiency gains themselves would be enormous. So Bitcoin, what's that got to do with it? So in 2009, Bitcoin was born and it was in the, created with um, the first block on the blockchain called the Genesis block. So Satoshi kind of put a bit of a pun in um, the Genesis block because it has no transactional records beneath it. It can't be hashed with previous statements. So it is hard coded and he happened hard coded the Times, 03 Jan 2009, Chancellor on the brink of second beta for banks, which is a UK news article from the Times about right. how the then Chancellor was going to bail up the banks for the second time. Because 2008 was the financial crisis, 2009, we're still bailing up banks. Yep. So why Satoshi? Um, added in a UK news article and hard-coded into the genesis block of Bitcoin. We don't know. We have no idea who that person is. 
Um, making a statement. That's very interesting. Well, that's what a lot of people thought. But is he, is he or she or whatever making a political statement? Are they an activist, effectively? Well, Are this, they this is the reason I'm Bitcoin. It's because I'm trying to stop this problem from happening. Also, it indicates that maybe they're British. Very maybe. Because why do it's they? Very interesting. Why that happens? And not some other countries' news. Yeah, the UK wasn't the only place to bail up banks. I mean, America bailed up plenty of them. Yeah. Yeah. So very very cool that the Genesis block of Bitcoin is in reference to the UK. Poor, there's a UK bailout of banks, but it's a good indication of perhaps the idea of Bitcoin is to let's just not do that ever again because that obviously just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And Bitcoin itself is it's a reward. That's probably the best way of thinking about it. So think of the miners as playing a game and the Bitcoin is the reward for playing the game. It's a software-generated reward point for mining blocks on the blockchain. So when a miner comes along, uh, they solve that mathematical problem, which is the Byzantine problem, and they are rewarded with Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And they keep those Bitcoins, and basically, the more they collect, the more value they gain. The difference then would be that blocks get harder and harder and the mathematical problems get harder and harder because there's more blocks in the chain so you can see how that just gets increasingly harder to do and the cpu and compute power just increases which means the investment of miners increases which means the value of bitcoins go up because they're gonna have to to make it worthwhile yeah um the second thing of the value is that there are a limited number of Bitcoins. There are only 21 million that will ever exist, which is a purposeful limitation of um, the blockchain being used by Bitcoin itself. It's purposely limited in order to effectively increase its value by laws of supply and demand. Do we know where the number comes from? Uh, we don't. Is it like, is that how much Mathematically, the bailed out by? <laughs> 21 million. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's probably a lot more than that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if that's just an arbitrary number, but I assume it's some sort of mathematical constant that's been arrived to because um, I'll discuss a little bit later on how halving works, but it's, it's, it's logarithmically. So kind of like a bell curve. It gets harder mm-hmm. and harder and harder. And I assume whatever you start with, it just gets to 21 million. So it's the starting number was the important one. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's exactly what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is a reward. So have you ever seen it that way before? Have you ever thought of it as, as a reward, basically, for minus time? For doing computer time. Um, a bit like the reward of city, <laughs> of finding aliens. Um no, I haven't really thought about it that way. Um, I, I'm, I only, I bought into it in uh, December, or actually no, November of 2020. It's gone, um, uh, and I bought into it at the point that I saw it as a alternative to gold, as a, a place to store value. Mm. 
So no, I've never seen it as a reward for work, just as a uh, a newer version of gold. Actually, very good. It leads on to the next point of uh, intrinsic value. Ah. So the intrinsic value of cryptocurrency. Yes. It has none. Has none. It's no. zero. Um, but arguably, um, since we've removed the gold standard from all other currencies, we could also say they too have no intrinsic value. The 10 pounds and five pound notes that we have are not holding their weight in gold anymore, especially the US dollar. They've moved, removed the gold standard. So before you can only print X amount of money that you had in gold in your reserves. That's no longer true. I didn't you know. You can print whatever you want. Arguably, money has no intrinsic value too. So Bitcoin is as viable as the money in our pockets. Mm -hmm. But it has been compared to gold, as you say, uh, on two bases. One, um, it's limited in supply and demand. And it has a lack of return. So the idea people buy gold is, as you say, an investment vehicle. People money into it because it typically holds value. Bitcoin isn't at that point yet, but holds value still up and down. Yeah. But it isn't entirely mined yet. It's still quite young in its life. That's it's only right. 12 That's years old. To end up in a place where you can't get any more of it. People will just go, well, it's going to accrue in value just because it's precious. Yeah. Um, over time. So therefore, it will hold its value. It's a safe place to put money. Also, going yes. back to your point about um, intrinsic value, um, I had a similar conversation only earlier today. Um, and I, although it's, it doesn't possibly seem overly technically relevant, um, I refer to, there's an old NLP phrase, um, perception is reality. Um, that basically if something has a perceived value, then it has value because it's perceived to be so. Um, and I feel like that's yeah. kind of what Bitcoin is. Yes, okay, you could take a piece of gold and you could try and sell it to someone else and say, would you like to buy this gold off me? Um, and people go, oh, that's nice shiny metal. That looks very nice. And they might buy it. But they obviously, this, at the end of the day, it makes no difference as whether it's a rock or whether it's a Bitcoin. If it's perceived to be valuable, it is. Yeah, exactly. I think the NLP saying is, uh, the map is not the territory. What's my dumbed down version of it? <laughs> but um, exactly. I mean, the intrinsic value is of Bitcoin is however much we think it's worth. And we think it's worth quite a lot right now. As I mentioned earlier, we hit 30K last week. We're roughly 25K now. So yeah, we seem to think it's worth quite a bit. And those miners who are mining those things and getting paid effectively in Bitcoin for their time and effort, they're also quite happy, I would assume, that the value has been spruced up quite a lot. Yeah. The only, um, only negative people have of the whole gold versus Bitcoin thing is that technically gold does have an intrinsic value because we can physically use it to build things, like we can make jewelry from it, or uh, we can make equipment like for example this is one of the best electric conductors in the world it tends to be used in circuitry yeah. 
So technically, gold has intrinsic value. Uh, that's kind of the argument there that obviously cryptocurrency doesn't at all. Yes, but um, I've got a similar situation, not quite the same, but with diamond, where it has a perceived very rare value. But nowadays, mm. we're working out how to make the stuff. And eventually, we could probably make diamond for very little. Because actually, you know, you could use carbon capture for stuff that we consider to be waste product that we don't yeah. want. And we can turn that into diamonds, at which point that intrinsic value fundamentally changes. Uh, so yeah. a similar thing could plausibly happen with gold. But yes, either way, you need a bit of build to yeah. it. It would still have some value, but at that point, you're comparing the value of that with a value of a, 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 a granite. Yeah, yeah, I suppose, I suppose you are. Um, but even saying that, you know, there's a lack of intrinsic value in cryptocurrencies. Uh, do you want to have a guess how many cryptocurrencies there are in the oh. wild today? Oh, I reckon there's thousands of them. Uh, I mean, like, I, you know, thousands. I could probably name about five or six um, if I tried really, really hard. <laughs> um, but I would imagine that. Cryptocurrencies for everything, so I'm going to say thousands of them. There are thousands. Do you, want, do you want to peg a number in the thousands, or do you want to leave it as thousands? Uh, I'm going to go with four thousand. Ooh, yeah, about halfway. There's seven thousand eight hundred currencies, cryptocurrencies oh. that exist today. Can't imagine. I can't um, imagine why you'd need that many, but well, you don't really, do you? I mean. It's based on the fact that Bitcoin, blockchain, it's all open source. Um, you can build off of it, which all these cryptocurrencies have done. Um, but not many of them have gone as far to improve it. Um, only one has, and that's Ethereum. Right. So Ethereum is probably the um, second most dominant coin on the market today after Bitcoin. Uh, mostly because, in a nutshell, it utilizes newer technology, so it's improved the blockchain technology by using different algorithms to compute the hash rate, which makes it more efficient for CPUs, yeah, um, more doable than by normal mining um, compute power. Whereas Bitcoin uses a bit more sophisticated stuff and deals better with GPUs rather than CPUs. Different different algorithms, basically. Um, because of that change, Ethereum is quicker to mine and is more efficient. And the efficiency matters a lot when we talk about electricity, which I will soon when I discuss mining. Mm. So this is a meaty subject. I don't really want to get too much into it because, to be honest, it's absolutely boring. But keeping it as non-techy as possible, um, it's called mining because Bitcoin is mined, exactly like gold. We dig it out of blocks instead of the ground. Um, they're all hidden away in those blocks. And each block has a set of amount of Bitcoins. It's always the same. There's no surprises. And that amount halves logarithmically. Um, so every four years or so, it halves. Right. Um, it used to be 50 Bitcoins per block back in 2009. Today, we're getting about 6.25 Bitcoins per block due right. to the halving. In about yep. four years, It'll be about three, etc. They'll keep on going down. 
That means we know exactly how long it'll take to mine all 21 million coins. And that date will roughly be 2140. About 120 years. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was that far away. Mm, it's actually pretty cool because um, yeah, mining is still, still viable for another 120 years, which is kind of needed really because these transactions are still going to keep taking place and miners need to validate them. That's mm. kind of the, that's the, that's their game. And the reward would be ever smaller Bitcoin amounts, but the idea is what Bitcoin amounts will keep growing. And if we believe any of the numbers that big people like Morgan Stanley being thrown around of $126,000 per Bitcoin, if we believe any of that, it'll still be very valuable in a hundred years. Okay. Once, once they do run out, I'm not sure how you're going to incentivize miners to keep doing it, but in 120 years, I'm sure we'll figure it out. Interesting point, yeah, because you can't give them many more Bitcoins, or what do you do? Yeah. Um, yeah, that mathematical problem is is everything for um, the miners. Does the miners still and need to you work? Know, for example. Sorry. So do the miners still need to work after that day because they, they're the ones that need to validate the transactions? Someone will need to validate, yes. Yeah. Sorry, carry on. Um, yeah, someone will need to, but obviously there'll be no more rewards. So I'm not really sure how they would do that. Some, yeah. But some, someone, something would need to do that. Um, but yeah, in 120 years, I'm sure we'll have like quantum computers and stuff. They'll probably be solving those mathematical problems in a heartbeat. No worries. And the way it's logarithmically done is it'll always take 10 minutes to crack a block. Always 10 minutes, which is pretty cool. And that's why, that's why it halves, because it always keeps it 10 minutes. It always takes 10 minutes to validate a transaction. If you're talking about someone from the US, send in mind someone in Africa, it'll take 10 minutes because that's how long it takes to crack that block of the new transaction. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool, really. That's, it's been completely mathematically thought out bloody well to think that far in the future and how that's going to work. Hmm. Right now, Bitcoin mining occupies the same electricity usage um, as the Czech Republic of roughly 10 million people. Wow. In the near future, we're going to be approaching Bangladesh, which has roughly 150 million people. Mm -hmm. The electricity usage to mine is yeah, astronomical. Yeah. It's the CPU running at full speed. And one thing I, I didn't actually know about until I read into it was if you crack some of the block, if you mine some of the block, you get nothing. You need to, you need to mine the entire block and you need to be first. Only the first person gets the, block, the Bitcoins. Mm -hmm. Everyone else doesn't. Makes sense, so. It, it makes sense, but uh, yeah, I mean, there could be seven other people who got a 99% and you got the 100% and it's yours. So yeah. it sounds a little inefficient on the electricity and CPU usage. Yes. Okay. Which is what Ethereum is, is trying to crack. And the last couple bits I want to cover was Satoshi Nakamura. We don't know who this person is. They announced they've cracked the Byzantine problem and they produced the initial concept of the blockchain and Bitcoin in 2008. 
and they produced those um, initial products with a couple of open source engineers and completely left the scene. Mm. Don't know why, don't know where they've gone. Um, we know very little about that person, except that the Genesis block was a UK news article, which is pretty cool. Yeah, there's been plenty of guesses to who it could be. I mean, like Elon Musk was one of them, but he dismissed that. Uh, but in short, we have, we have no idea. It's really cool, interesting thing to look at it. And maybe they'll appear in the future at some point. Maybe they'll come back, but who knows? It's not really about Satoshi Nakamura. And that's kind of what I think the point they're making. The technology speaks for itself. It's mathematically sound. This is but the first time the problem has been solved. But doesn't he own a lot? He does. So he's not important now, but he might own an absolute shed ton of it. And that for he might become incredibly important because at some point he could instantaneously become the richest man in the world. If he isn't already. Yeah. Oh, good British woman. I've no, no idea if it's a man. Fair point. Ultimately, yes, but that um, because we because the whole point of the blockchain is entirely transparent, so we can see the original wallet IDs. So we know they must belong to Satoshi because no one else was used at that time. So we can see how much bitcoins he or she has, and they have quite a lot, but it's never been spent. Hasn't been used. Yeah. So. The yeah. dead. Maybe, maybe, maybe they sent their email and actually walked into a bus. We have no idea. Shouldn't have been emailing Boston. Took it from there. What an idiot. What an absolute pleb. <laughs> Algorithmic genius. Yeah, maybe that's what happened. Just just couldn't I mean, you just didn't read couldn't read the highway code. Moron. You you do hear that people who are completely academically smart as hell. But and have zero common sense, like road safety football. and stuff. Looking at yeah. his wow, just just gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, I kind of feel like yeah, just checking his reviews. Kind of feel like Bitcoin will be the gold, two point zero. Um, yeah. Uh, and almost the the fact that it, it's so inefficient kind of always fits quite well with its preciousness. Because now it actually, whilst it, when, when we've mined it all, its intrinsic value is the, is the amount of energy it's, it requires to keep the thing running. Um, but I could see something like Ethereum taking a different direction or being adopted by governments to replace fiscal money or fiat money. That's the one. Um, and like they decide to. To somehow bring it into their system so they can still take hmm. this or that but somehow they managed to use ethereum or some other derivative efficiently as their own currency or as a global why would they use ethereum what's oh, that uh why why ethereum well just whichever one's the most efficient whichever one becomes the highest technically advanced version um i could see that go then go right well actually this does 
whilst we don't want the lack of control, whilst we want to be able to, if we can find one that we can sort of distort slightly to fit with what governments want, the ability to, to create new ones or, or whatever, I could see them going out, well, it's just easier because of the benefits of digital currency mean that we don't have to worry about, well, to be honest, you have to fit currency, but I'm sure that digital currency will probably have benefits that that would mean that governments as a, like a country would go, right, well, I'm, you know, I'm India and I want to compete more in the market. So I'm going to create a currency for my citizens, which is more efficient, uh, or even like a, an African country that's like wants to just bypass the whole process of creating banks and fiat systems and whatever, um, mm. rather than trying to keep up with the Western world, just goes, well, let's just skip that, like they did with you know, computers and Ethernet and stuff, and then just went straight to mobile. See them doing the same sort of thing. Go, actually, let's just switch, switch to using digital currency and African mm. is what we're going to use. Um, and then that just becomes a thing and it's supported. And then other countries go, well, actually, I'd quite like to have that too. And before you know it, a whole of Africa is using Ethereum. And then, you know, then India does it too. And then, you know, other countries go, okay, well, we're going to support that currency. Not going to be, oh, we're going to keep the dollar, but we're going to, we're going to allow people to use dollar or Ethereum. And I, you know, I could see that sort of slow migration to something like that and still have Bitcoin around as the store value expensive one, which doesn't, which doesn't. Yeah. I think they both have a place. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that sounds, that sounds pretty good, especially if um, you're talking about third world countries who, who, yeah, who would care about the electricity usage. So they would use a more efficient um, sounder principle like Ethereum. Ethereum is effectively Bitcoin 2.0. It's yeah. an improvement on the open source technology. Obviously, Bitcoin hasn't improved since its original conception because Satoshi is nowhere to be seen. Yeah, but I don't think so, they'll um, use it for efficiency. I don't think they'll adopt one because of its efficiency. I think they'll adopt one because of it giving them a potential uh, competitive advantage in the marketplace. Like you're already seeing people saying, oh, actually, I'm going to now support you buying this in Bitcoin because they're doing it. And I like, so Square does it. And so I, in order to be part of Square's ecosystem, if I had a product that I wanted to sell, let's say on the ecosystem, then maybe I would allow you to buy that in Bitcoin so that I can get an advantage over my competitors selling whatever it is I want to sell on their marketplace. And then other people go, well, actually, I want to do the same thing. I want to be the new wine guy that takes uh, Bitcoin for wine or Ethereum for wine. And then, you know, you've got people, then you go on second, now I'm losing my business to this guy over here because he's doing Bitcoin. So now I have to do Bitcoin or Ethereum. And it would be same old corporate um, influence, capital influence that probably ends up us adopting it worldwide. That's my thought. Let, let's hope. Let's hope. Um, it's 12 years old. It's like Ethereum are even here. Um, so it makes sense that they have plenty of time to grow. And I would only say now are we getting to the point of uh, critical mass of one. And then perhaps 
the education side of things that people are seeing cryptocurrencies a bit of a yeah you know i'll have a bit of that i think that's become a lot more complex like regulations are not really happening however um there are there are better um platforms these days to buy bitcoin and buy other cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. like for example the ones in the uk require your national insurance number so they can actually um back tax you potentially once the hrmc ever figure out how to do that right uh, so in terms um, of- so they can see how much you're buying and selling yeah so i think yeah i think it's reached a point now where if anyone's interested in um spreading the risk whatever of their if they've got my savings then whilst this is not financial advice as we have to say um i think a lot a lot of large investors lots of people that look after large sums of money are starting to go i'll put one percent of our portfolio into bitcoin because it's got it's got to the point now where it's mature enough make people think i think it will at least hold value in the long term 10 years and at the moment it's quite likely to still potentially still 10x from where it is so i think we've reached the point where it's it's worth one percent and it and bear in mind if if most large uh, investors do that, the in that will instantly make the value go up by that ten times anyway. So it's a question of getting in before they do, really. Yeah, that's what I've done. I've put um, about it's about one, about one percent, maybe slightly more than one percent, maybe closer to my wealth into Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, the ups and downs of Bitcoin is still quite extreme. But as you say, I, I do think it is maturing. It is getting to the point where it's, it's still a safe option to get in, effectively. And I still think we're at a point where there's a lot of people who want to join this new revolution of cryptocurrencies. And it really depends how serious you are of how you want to join. You can join as a miner. Mining is still possible. You do need... Um, expensive equipment to be a miner if you want to do it properly however there are mining pools you can join so one is called nice hash where you can join say a thousand other people and you all use your shared computing exactly like the SETI program does your excess computing resources will all pool together and you'll all mine together and if you win that block that's a six bitcoin is shared between all of you so you won't get a lot but you know, if your PC is not being used, uh, you don't need a special equipment, just part of the pool, then um, that could still be a good way to gain. Yep. And mining will still happen for the next 120 years. So that'll only get better. Especially if you have excess solar on your roof and you can't use it all. I mean, you may as well. It's free anyway. Yeah. Very much. The most expensive thing is the electricity usage. So make sure you factor that into your calculations of how much you want to do this. But if you don't want to be a miner, you just want to be an investor, um, I'd recommend blockchain.com. Um, again, it's not financial advice, but that's just the one I use and the one I like. Um, turns out the lowest fees and it's probably the most stable in the market and it does fulfill UK um, regulations. 
But if you instead want to go ahead and play with the technology, it's entirely open source, uh, head over to Bitcoin.org. Um, that is a site created by Satoshi and that has plenty of links, all the open source um, links of blockchain, Bitcoin, etc. So if you want to have a player, you can. If you want to create your own cryptocurrency, you can. Um, but the main thing will be, if you do get in, don't throw away your hard drive and don't forget your password, which has happened to a few people, uh, very local to us. So yeah, the guy with his hard drive, he's Welsh. Um, didn't think the Bitcoins would ever amount to anything. Ended up recycling his old PC. Is now in Newport tip in the council run tip and has a hard drive in there with roughly $50 million of Bitcoin on it. And he's been unsuccessful in petitioning the council to buy the tip and they want them dig. So but he wants to buy the tip. Yeah, don't do that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, would you? There's, there's, there's $50 million in there somewhere. I mean, yeah, possibly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you probably would. I mean, I'm not sure how much he was offering. But the thing is, it's also, and, um, you don't know yeah. whether that's still valid. You don't know whether it's going to still be okay, do you? You assume after this amount of time, potentially, being destroyed. It's a, it might have been destroyed, but it's a SATA hard drive, and those things are indestructible pretty much. They last forever. I mean, who knows? Maybe you can recover stuff of it, but... Either way, it's kind of worth giving a crack for 50 million. But um, yeah, the other depressing guy is the one who forgot his password. And he has a hardware wallet and he's currently at eight out of 10 guesses. After 10 guesses, it gets permanently locked and scrambled. And he doesn't have 50 million. He has $220 million. And he has two password attempts left. It's a valuable password. It's not just you're locked out for five minutes. Sorry, you have to wait. It's two hundred and twenty million pounds. Ah, uh, yeah, that's definitely. Sleep. I'd just be like, I'd be having, I'd be having daily hypnotherapy. Trying to get it, trying to get it out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine um, how he must feel when he comes to just typing in another one. I mean, there's nothing that that shouts squeaky bum time any more than that. He is going to be breaking it. All I can say is I hope he's got some I, family around him on the last ones. Because that's a... That's a... I don't know. I'm going to play it with a suicide risk. You realise you can't do it. He needs to have therapy before he does that. Kind of, kind of feels like you want to, uh, I don't know, cut your losses and just maybe sell to someone for two million. Somebody would probably buy it for two million. You know what you should do? You should basically sell the rights for uh, a, a TV show which where he types it in. He types in the last well, one. live, yeah, live <laughs> and contribute towards the thingy. And if he if he raises at least a million from enough people putting in a pound, then uh, he'll he'll press he'll type the password in. So worst case scenario, he still gets a million. <laughs> I can't tell if that'd be one of the best reality TV things ever or the worst 
because he either gets it and everyone's all happy for the guy. It was just like, fuck, typo. Yeah, that's what. Sorry. Yeah, but yeah, but can you? I, I mean, I you'd watch it, wouldn't you? Someone to go. This is the guy. He's got one password left. Or he's got, or maybe he's got two. He's still got two, and he's got to, he's got to try the first one and then the second one. And you can just see on his face, he'd be like, after the break. Oh, okay, I'm gonna try. No, no, I can't do it. No. It'd be like watching someone try and jump out of a plane. It'll just be torturous and amazing. Yeah, talking he would occupy like an hour of TV, staring at it for the first like forty-five minutes. <laughs> I don't know. With, with commentators. Uh, so he's, he's, he's picking it up. He's picking it up. <laughs> I would definitely watch the highlights. That'd be amazing. Is he... yeah, he's going for it. He's going for it. Uh, he's put it back down again. Mm. I think we're in for a long night, folks. <laughs> be like watching, it would, it the, would be good. Uh, watching the presidential election. <laughs> yeah. Slow and dull. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, I think that'd be pay-per-view. All... That'd be amazing. It'd be great. It was good. Yeah, you should uh, you should uh, pitch it to him. Yeah, I will for a million quid. <laughs> just uh, just say <laughs> if you if you crack it, one ten percent. Well, I mean, maybe maybe we could do a deal with the people watching it, um, where they all get like, depending on what they contribute, whatever that there's like. So it's two hundred twenty million. Yeah, so it'll take twenty million. Mm. And then he'll distribute that uh, according to the amount of money he receives from people. So if you could put in a thousand pounds, and if you've put in a thousand, everyone else has put in a pound, and therefore you've got eighty odd percent, ninety odd percent of the of the overall pot. And when you get the twenty million, you get eighty odd percent of the twenty million. People will be possibly worth it. You're, you're gambling on whether or not the guy's going to get it right or not. Pretty good odds. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty good. Definitely worth a pitch. Yeah, but uh, that's all I have. So do you feel a bit more enlightened on Bitcoin? Because I, I kind of learned a lot. I, I thought I understood it, but when I was doing the research, it turns out I didn't understand as much as I thought. It's a whole new world of complicatedness. It is. But then I don't really understand the fiat system either. So, you know. Ah, just invest in it. You haven't got to understand it. One percent. Who cares? One percent. <laughs> so cool. okay. Thanks everyone for watching. Um be sure to uh think, educate, and act, and we will see you next week. <laughs>